Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Wildest Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things personal development, mindset, and growth. My name is Jandra Sutton, and I'm an author, entrepreneur, and speaker based in Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been tuning in for a while, my goal is to help you get more out of life. In this week's episode of The Wildest Podcast, we're going to be discussing a listener-requested topic that as soon as I got the email, I knew I wanted to spend an episode talking about it. And that topic is how to get started in anything you want to do. Now, we've already done an episode on how to figure out what you want to do, but starting is a completely different topic. Whether we're talking about something like a new hobby, a side gig, a project, a new career path, a business, there's something that all of these things have in common, and that's the beginning. If you want to do something, whatever that thing is, you have to start, obviously. Not so obvious, however, is how to start. We see quotes all the time that say things like, you'll never be 100% ready, just start. And it's the start that stops most people, and you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. But while all of these things are absolutely true, and they highlight the importance of starting, there are three common questions that might pop into your head when you think about starting something new. One, what if I don't know where to start? Two, what if I'm afraid to start? And three, what if I'm worried about what happens after I start? Because clearly there's more to the struggle than just a simple answer. We know that we should just start. I know that I should just start even when I'm in the midst of debilitating anxiety. But I also know that maybe the importance of starting is perhaps part of the reason why we're so intimidated by it. Because we know it's important. We know that starting is the first and arguably most prominent obstacle between where we are now and where we want to go, which means there's a shit ton of pressure that we're putting on ourselves right from the beginning. Without this element, after all, we can't achieve what we want. I don't know about you, but that makes starting terrifying. That's a lot of pressure to know that this is a make or break moment, that if you don't do this thing, if you don't at least start, then you're never going to get what you want. And while it's totally understandable to be overwhelmed by that alone, there's also something else, a bigger reason that's underlying that's why most of us are afraid of starting. Because we're not just worried about starting. That's not the main source of pressure. More often than not, we're worried about starting the right way. We're worried about doing everything correctly. And if that's you, one, I feel you. Worrying about doing things quote unquote correctly has been a major struggle in my life, even when I'm just working on a hobby. I can be a perfectionist at times, which means I place a lot of importance, sometimes far too much importance, on starting correctly, on putting the right foot forward from the very beginning. And personally, it's held me back. Add in my anxiety and my tendency to obsess and fixate on things, and you've got a recipe for extreme hesitation, even when I know exactly what I'm starting, even if I'm certain that I'm making the right decision, and even if I know that the thing that I'm starting or the way that I'm starting it doesn't actually matter, I still obsess over whether or not I'm making the right choice. Like, you're talking to the girl who couldn't decide what to do on her birthday this year because she was so worried about choosing the wrong thing. First of all, it was my birthday. Second of all, there's no wrong thing. And third, even if there was a wrong thing, it's not like it was set in stone. Plans can change. But knowing that now and remembering it in the moment are two very different things, which is why if you find yourself struggling to start something, I highly recommend you start haha, with the question why. Why do you feel the way that you do? Are you afraid of failing? Are you afraid of making the wrong decision? Are you nervous about putting yourself out there? Now, your why might be different than mine, and it can definitely vary from situation to situation, but I believe that it's really important to understand what you're feeling if you want to be able to address and move through those feelings. Now, I want to take a step back and look at the first of the three questions that we asked earlier. What if I don't know where to start? Maybe that's your why. Maybe it's not that you're afraid of starting necessarily, but that you genuinely don't know where to start. You've got a lot of different options out there, and the information is overwhelming to say the least. In many situations, there's more than one way to start, and more often than not, there's not a single right answer. You can start by learning, you can start by practicing, or you can simply start by doing. 
If you wanted to write a book, for instance, maybe your way of starting is by checking out a book from the library on how to write a book. Maybe it's taking a class online on writing fiction or nonfiction, or maybe it's reading about your favorite author's career path and how they got started as a writer. Alternatively, you could start by practicing. Pick up a book of writing prompts or join a hands-on writing workshop that will help you practice and develop your craft. For me, this is why I spent some of the very early days of my career as a writer writing fanfiction. I was working with preset characters in an already developed world, which meant I could focus on practicing the one thing that I was nervous about, plot building, without any of the pressure or distractions of developing my own world and characters. And obviously, the third option, you can just start. And while I did spend many hours honing my craft, practicing writing through fanfiction, I actually started my writing career simply by putting pen to paper. I was traveling in Istanbul at the time, and I had a vague idea of a story that I wanted to see come to life. I'd always been obsessed with books and storytelling, so I headed to a stationery shop in the middle of the city, and I purchased a cheap journal, I headed to a terrace restaurant that I'd passed earlier in that day, and I sat alone at my table while eating dinner and scribbling the first few pages of my very first book onto paper. Later, I'd find out that that random restaurant was attached to the famous Pira Palace Hotel in Istanbul, where Agatha Christie allegedly wrote her famous book, Murder on the Orient Express, meaning that my arbitrary decision, one that truly didn't matter, especially considering the fact that that particular book never got finished or published, ended up creating a really interesting and unique story. But that story in itself also points to another powerful truth about starting, that it's hard to know how things are going to unfold. If you had told me sitting at that restaurant that that book was never going to get finished, would I have started? Honestly, at the time, probably yes. Now, when there's a lot of question marks, it gets really overwhelming because I want to be able to control the outcome. But that's the truth of it. You can't always control the outcome. We can try to predict, to plan, and to prepare. But more often than not, there are just too many other variables at play to know what's going to happen. I know I started training Krav Maga with the plan of advancing through the belt levels as fast as I possibly could. And I'd probably be an orange belt by now, but then the pandemic happened. Regardless of what I wanted when I started, the outcome changed. And unfortunately, worrying about those outcomes, obsessing over the various options, doesn't do much to change them. We tend to think that worrying helps us prepare. At least this is what I do. And while it can help to an extent, research suggests that there's a psychological reason why we worry. And it's not because it changes or improves the outcome of a potential situation. Instead, one study actually suggested that worrying is an emotional buffer. It reduces the gap between feeling good and feeling bad by keeping you in a state where you're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. This means that instead of allowing yourself to relax and potentially feel good or hopeful about a situation, excessive worriers like myself might actually be avoiding the prospect of being quote-unquote blindsided with negative emotions by keeping ourselves in a perpetual state of low-level distress. And it makes sense. Worrying isn't actually doing as much to help sway the outcome of a situation so much as it's serving a purpose for our anxious brains. We're protecting ourselves. Whether that's protection against repeating a past event or simply conditioning that we've internalized over the years as a trauma response. And that brings us to our second and third questions. What if I'm afraid to start? And what if I'm worried about what happens after I start? Both of these questions are rooted in that same fear and worry. We're worried about what might happen, that we might fail, that we might make a mistake, that we're simply making the wrong choice, that we can't handle whatever we start. But we have to remind ourselves that those worries, while protective, are fears. They're not yet realities. And there's a chance that they might never become a reality. And knowing that is easier said than done. But I like to remind myself that in order for the so-called bad what-ifs to be possible, the good ones must be too. If there's a chance that I could put myself out there and everyone hates me, then there's also a chance that I could put myself out there and succeed. 
I've talked about this on previous episodes of the podcast, but success isn't possible unless failure is also possible. So when it comes to facing these fears, these overwhelming worries about starting something new or about what might happen after we start, it's not about eliminating them. It's about learning how to move through them. As Elizabeth Gilbert said in Big Magic, it's about having a conversation with yourself and your fears. In the book, she writes about her own conversation with fear, where she says there's plenty of room in this vehicle for all of us, so make yourself at home, but understand this. Creativity and I are the only ones who will be making any decisions along the way. I recognize and respect that you are part of this family, and so I will never exclude you from our activities, but still, your suggestions will never be followed. You're allowed to have a seat, and you're allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. Because that's the thing. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to acknowledge your fears, and in fact, I tend to think that's a good thing. We're not meant to be fearless. Your fear can have a voice. Just don't give it a vote. Now, I definitely feel like I could spend an entire hour talking more about the subject, but unfortunately, that's all we have time for in today's episode of The Wildest Podcast. As always, if you want to talk more about the subject, you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Jandra Lee. My DMs are always open, and you can join the Wildest community by heading over to jandralee.com slash wildest to sign up for our newsletter. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and please leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wildest Podcast. And as usual, keep working, keep striving, but don't forget to take a break if you need one. Talk soon. What does perfect even mean? Is there even such a thing?